Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Mary, are you ready? I am ready. Excellent. Well, I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Mary Kuthais is an executive coach. She's a trainer, a speaker, and an author, and a returning guest to Money Savage Engage. Welcome back, Mary. I am. Excited to have you back on. I am would, very your, delighted to be here. Yes. Refresh our memory about your, a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I uh, I am I'm in the middle of the country in St. Louis. I live with my uh, husband and son and a couple of rescue dogs, and um, uh, I've been doing working uh, from home and working for myself for the past two decades. So what's going on right now has been an easier transition for me than some. And the reason I started this uh, my own business, my own coaching business many years ago was because I was disillusioned with corporate America and I thought I could do more good from the outside than from the inside. So I work with organizations, I work with leaders and small businesses who want to get more of the right things done with less drama, turmoil and stress. And so um, I've got I've got plenty of business doing that. Nice. I appreciate that. And so we are we are talking on April the 6th and we were kicking around the idea of trying to have a conversation or having a conversation about how people are and how specifically how the people you are interfacing with and helping are dealing with, you know, working from home, homeschooling, all that good stuff and whether or not this is going to be the new norm moving forward, if we're gonna find ourselves consistently splitting splitting time between home and the office and sort of the good, the bad, the ugly about that. So So just to kind of kick that off, tell us a little bit about how, how like what, what, what you're finding with, with, with your clients. Well, and it's interesting. I want to say just because, as you said, we're talking on April 6th, that I'm not sure how, how long it will take before this is actually aired. But it could be interesting if it's very long down the road uh, what the new normal will be then. Because you know, right now everybody's definitely hunkered down and it's a, it, is, it is a new normal for the time being. What uh, is really interesting, what I'm finding is, first of all, there's there's two different groups of people, at least that I'm working with. And one are people who are a little overwhelmed at this point. They still have jobs, but they're doing them from home and they also have school age children. So they're homeschooling. Those are some of the challenges. And the other group are people who still have jobs, but um, are finding themselves with a little more time on their hands. And so for both of them, everybody's figuring out this whole uh, virtual work situation, this work from home situation. And what I think is going to happen is that a lot of companies thought about it. It's like, yeah, we, that would be great. We need to you know, be more virtual, be more flexible, uh, but they hadn't really done it yet. 
and then all of a sudden had to do it overnight. The first couple of weeks, probably a lot of bumps for people just figuring out how do we communicate and um, how, how do we maintain a team uh, uh, feeling, which I think is going to take a little bit longer down the road as well. But now that companies can work virtually, I think they're going to find that they want to continue doing it as well. What? Why do you think that? Is it? Is it the freedom? Is it the flight? Why, why, why do you think people are liking it? I do think that part of it is that, uh, you know, especially younger folks, I mean, um, baby boomers are kind of aging out of a lot of work. I'm technically a baby boomer, but I behave more like a Gen Xer in terms of <laughs> in terms of just when I when I read the descriptions, I'm kind of on the cusp. But um, so even, you know, Gen Xers were getting a little bit older, but the younger people who come in the workforce, they want this flexibility. They are saying from the outset that they want some kind of life balance, that they don't want to work themselves to death and wait until to have some some personal, um, personally rewarding time when they're 65. So companies need to be more agile in that way to appeal to that mindset of younger employees. And companies that can offer a virtual way of working are going to be much more appealing. And, and right now, the talent market's pretty tight. I mean, finding finding the best talent out there, you've got to have something that's going to make you more appealing than the next organization, the next company. And I think that the just the nature of it, that people are trusted to work from home. I always say it's more important for leaders to check check. Um, check in with their employees than to check on their employees mm. because it, it feels like, uh, are you, I'm going to make sure you're working. Well, there's a trust factor that you have to have when people are working from home. So I think there's that too. It can actually make teams stronger when you know that there's a trust factor that you're going to do the work, even if someone isn't uh, right next door standing at your office door. Yeah, well, I'd certainly appreciate that, and I think that that's that's what I can't imagine that there aren't that many people who don't want that. You know, I think that most people are probably interested in in putting in an honest an honest day's work and working hard and 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 and, and advancing the interest of the organization that they're working for. And so, why not? Well, I guess the answer is it's just the way that it's always been. It's sort of, um, I. I I, if you could ask your coworker to be quiet, please. We're trying to have a conversation. I am so sorry about that. It's the <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the totally beast. kidding. No, no, I, that's, I totally get it. So, do you, do you, so is it? I hate using the term paradigm shift, but you know, it's sort of been forced. So, do you think that some organizations are are going to kind of dig their feet in, or now are they being forced to to operate more into that trust model? My guess would be that small and medium sized organizations will adopt it faster. I mean, when you have a you know big behemoth organization um, with you know lots of bricks and mortar and huge office buildings and 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 perhaps even just the way they work is so different, but smaller companies can be more nimble, and it can be even more cost effective not to have to have office space uh, because people are working from home. And you know, is a point when when our dog Elsa started barking. There she goes again. But one of the things that I think is an upside of all of this is we are seeing each other as more human than we ever have. When you think about 
that um, you've got uh, all the news anchors on the major uh, um, stations. Now they're broadcasting from their homes. We've yep. never seen that before. You know, they're in their they're in their sweatshirts, or they're in their they're in their kitchens, or they're in their living rooms. They're they're wherever in their apartment in New York, and we're seeing how people live. They're in, we're being invited into their homes, and it's the same thing with our coworkers. We're kind of seeing like, oh, that's what your home desk space looks like. Oh, is that your dog? Oh, and the cat jumps up on them, and and so on. So, I think it's actually humanizing us more because we're seeing uh, people in ways that we haven't seen them before. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% right. So much of uh, so much of, of stuff on the internet talks about, you know, being authentic and, and all that stuff, and that's all fine and well. But, yes, <laughs> being on a, a, a Zoom call for work or a Skype call for work and having your kid come into the background and whatever, that's about as humanizing as it gets. Is it, it is, yeah. And, he, and like with my dog here, it's sort of like if a leaf went across the lawn, I guess that's what really set her off. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Do you have thoughts on things that now that sort of people have figured it out? They're like, okay, I've got, and I I could speak to my wife and I. Um, she's got uh, we we have a little folding table for lack of a better term in in our bedroom, and she's got her computers and her monitors and her printer and everything. And it took us a couple of days to sort of figure out where everybody's going to work and where the kids are going to be. Do you have thoughts or tips on? And it's probably going to be on a company to company basis, but just for getting back into routines, just how, how, how do you think that people can become as successful as possible and as efficient as possible in working from home? I think a, a routine is really important. I think keeping the schedule that you had before is important. Everybody you know, getting up at you know relatively the same time. I mean, maybe people don't have a, a 30, 40 minute commute anymore, so they could get a little bit more sleep and they won't have that kind of commute home either. So there's a little bit of found time. I think keeping that routine is great. I do think it might be kind of a nice thing. Occasionally, the family can have lunch together because everybody's there. So if we were going to have lunch anyway, I'm never a proponent of eating lunch at your desk. I think everybody needs a break, needs to you know, just re- rejuvenate in the middle of the day. But maybe the family wants to have lunch together. I think that's a great idea. I also think it's really smart to get up, get dressed uh, in regular clothes, Casual, of course, but regular clothes and, you know, if you do hair and makeup, do that so that you feel professional. I always, slippers are okay. I I don't have any problem with that. But I think that we behave differently when we're working in our pajamas than we do even when we're working in jeans and a starch shirt. It's just, it's just a different kind of a thing. So I think, or, or a polo shirt or, or whatever, but it's just feeling more professional, whatever it takes to feel professional, keep doing that. Um, I think people having spaces that are theirs during the day is great. Like where you said you set up your wife. I mean, that's that's her office for now. Yeah. And after the work day, it probably shifts in other ways. Maybe all the equipment is still there, but maybe there's more family activity. If everybody's watching a, you know, if you're watching a TV with your three-year-old in bed or something like that, you know, everybody's cuddling up, then that's a whole different thing. So spaces will shift, but everybody needs a designated space where it's their focus space. So kids, if it's the corner of a kitchen table or dining room table, that's kind of where they're doing their homework. Um, in our house, my office has been in the back of our house for a long period of time. And now my husband does his work in the front of the house. So we can kind of hear each other's work a little bit. And our son works up in his bedroom. So everybody has their space. 
that shift into family spaces later. Yeah, I think that that's good advice right there. And figuring out, figuring that out because everybody does need their space. And, you know, I can look into the future. And like I mentioned, I've got a six-month-old and a three-year-old. And a couple of years from now, they'll probably need more defined boundaries. Um, otherwise, they'll probably wrestle each other or something to that effect. So <laughs> yeah. it's probably, probably a really important thing. All right. And, yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for you don't need to put a suit and tie on, but getting out of your pajamas and making sure that you are you know, keeping a semblance of whatever your routine was before, you know, showering or getting some exercise, whatever it might be. So I think that that's excellent advice. You know, maybe the test would be if someone, if your boss or if your, you know, client said they needed to have a Zoom call in five minutes, (laughs) would you be cool with that? (laughs) So so that should be the level, perhaps. Yes, I think that's good. And going back to the other thing, I, I do think a family meeting if, if everybody's, you know, you've got school-aged kids or whomever, I think having a family meeting and everybody kind of putting out there what they need and what will make them feel uh, successful and not isolated and supported to, you know, that you certainly don't need to do with a six-month and a three-year-old because, they, you know, they kind of, they're kind of going along with, with whatever. But if you have a middle schooler or even an older grade schooler, it's, it, this is a really unusual time for them. So, and I'm not a parenting expert. I just have one and he's 20 now, but it's, um, I think just getting the the thoughts of everybody who's involved and what they need so that everybody can be successful a little bit on their own terms. Yeah. I think that that's excellent too. Um, cause I'm sure it's confusing for somebody that was in school and now they're not in school anymore. And we're asking a lot of kids having to do and parents, and we're asking a lot of everybody if you're actually attempting to homeschool a child and and all that. So making sure that you have open lines of communication and, and good conversation. And they, they might end up being really excited to go back to school now. You know, kids are always like, oh, I can't wait till summer. Well, maybe they'll be like, Poor, I can't wait till I can hang out with my teacher again. <laughs> right, right. Get away from, from, from these parents of mine. <laughs> yeah. So... And I, I'm sure that, that probably a lot of people who are listening have had hopefully good experiences thus far, but there's probably people who are listening who are like, oh my gosh, my manager or my boss is just writing me to, you know, and trying to get me to account for every minute that I'm spending during the day. How do you think people can handle that if it's more of a, I'm checking on you versus I'm checking in? How, how, how do you think people can be proactive about having a conversation like, hey, listen, you know, I'm getting everything I need to have get done. Get off me, buddy. One of the things I would do is is just be very, very um, upfront about it. And with the with the question being something like, um, is there a concern that I won't be as productive at home as I have been in the office? Hmm. I mean, kind of putting it not why are you checking on me because we all in you statements always kind of back people into a corner but kind of putting it out there that this is what it feels like um is there is there something that i can do that will make you feel more confident that i am working and and doing everything i need to do because if a person has been a, a hard and consistent worker and, and you could count on them when you could see them every day there isn't really any reason to believe that they won't be like that at home now if they tended to slack in the office maybe you know now that no one's watching maybe they are going to be goofing off a lot more 
But if the work is getting done, and that's a that's a part of it too. I, I mean, you know, we've always been kind of at eight to five. That's when people are supposed to work, but not everybody is most productive from eight to five. And certainly right. if that's how your clients work and if you're having meetings and that kind of thing, you have to adjust and you have to be available then. But it could be that um, somebody feels more comfortable taking an hour off in the afternoon when they normally get really groggy and instead working until 6.30 at night or working again from 7 to 8, something like that. So the, those boundaries have to be determined, but leaders also need to be really careful about maintaining the same kind of strong team feeling that hopefully existed when they were all working in the same space. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I know for me that if I were to, to be in an office from eight to five, I'd probably go crazy because um, I do get pretty groggy, you know, a little bit later in the day and I like to start my day a lot earlier than that. So hopefully for a lot of people, they're able to, to actually, you know, implement whatever schedule is, is best for them right now. And this is a great opportunity. You know, yes. And I've, I felt really bad for people who are night owls. Because our world is kind of made for people who get up at seven and go to bed at 10. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just that's just sort of the way it works. And then you read all the articles about if you want to be really successful, you have to get up at 5 a.m. Well, not everybody, because some people don't really get going until about 10, but they are totally cool working until midnight. That's just, you know, they just have that kind of their night owls. They just have the their creativity and energy then. So if you've been working in an eight to five uh, organization, that kind of shift is going to be really hard. I mean, they can't all of a sudden have people working willy nilly hours because they're collaborating and everybody needs to have similar hours. But smaller organizations might be able to say, hey, as long as you get the work done, I don't care what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, Mary, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Today, I think the tip would be uh, know exactly what you require when you are in your um, in your alone space at home. Some people work really well in this isolation. In fact, being in the in, around a bunch of other people was harder for them to focus. But some people really enjoyed the interaction with a lot of people and being in this situation can be very isolating. And now when you're forced into isolation, you can't, it's not as though you can go to the coffee shop and work. Make sure if, if you find yourself in that situation where you just feel like you're climbing the walls, that's when you need to reach out with a phone call or with a Zoom and, and keep that connection going because everybody's going to be different. So however it is that you're coping with this, it's okay, it's, it's, it's right for you. Just know what it is so that you can take care of yourself in that way. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Yeah, I think 100%. You know, I think that you might feel all of those emotions throughout the course of the day or, or you might not. But being cognizant of the way that you're feeling um, and, and then responding accordingly is so important. So. And leaders should know that about their people. Yes. Yeah. Well, Mary, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? They can reach out at my website, which is mckcoaching.com. And right now I've got some great tools out there for people, for some free tools that people can find out what challenges 
they are likely to have based on their work style, their behavioral style when they work from home. So they can answer a few questions and find out uh, what those challenges could be and then how to how to fix those. So there's some free tools out there to help people through this kind of crazy, unprecedented time that we're having. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mary your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to mckcoaching.com. Check out all the great and some free resources that Mary has on there. Thank you again, Mary. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.